Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Everyone else, stand to your feet. Let's lift up our hands with our hearts. And let's just ask the Lord to come back in. And let's sup with Him right now. Can you do that tonight? Let's just lift up our hands. Lift up your heart. Whatever you want to do to surrender to the presence of God. He, he is definitely here in this building. If you'll acknowledge that, you'll feel something happen for you. Now, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for being here tonight, Lord Jesus. There's nothing more important, God. Nothing more important than your presence. Dear God, we thank you for bread. We thank you. We thank you for for supping with us tonight. Now, God, we ask you, come into our hearts. Sow your word tonight. Speak to our minds. Lift every burden. Take care of every thought. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it right now. I want you to tell them. Can you tell them this? Let's just all agree. Lord, I give my mind to you. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my thoughts to you. Take every negative thought. And Holy Ghost, replace it with your thinking. Make the transition tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Amen. Give the Lord some love. Come on, give him some love. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Let's turn to John chapter 14 as you're standing. Let's turn together. If you don't have it, we have it up here. But if you do have it, follow me anyhow. We're in the New King James tonight. I love his presence. I'm so thankful for his spirit. I'm so thankful for a Wednesday night as well. I want to move on very quickly. I don't want to hold you long. I want you to have a, enough time tonight to do what you got to do the rest of the evening. But I do want you to grab something tonight. So John chapter 14, verses 6 through 12. The scripture said, and, and Jesus said to him, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life no one comes to the father except through me now that's a very profound statement made by Jesus Christ and referring to the father he was referring to God he was referring to the deity the sovereignty the authority that's in this world his heavenly father no one comes to the father except through me If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from from now on, you know him and have seen him. Then Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to Philip, Have I been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? 
Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me. He does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And in other words, what he was trying to tell Philip, don't complicate it. It sounded kind of complicated, but he was trying to make it simple. And all he was saying to him was, the way you see the Father working in my life right now, he's going to work in your life also. He's going to work in your life also. Philip wanted to see something. Jesus was trying to tell him, you've been looking at it for, for the three years you have been with me. It's right in front of you. And, and that's the world we live in. People want to see it to believe it. And I do believe seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Seeing is believing. And I believe that God wants us to see him by faith. Recognize him with our hearts. And I know that God wants to bless you tonight. So why don't you pray the blessing over the church service one more time. Ask the Lord to bless it. Come on, just one more time. Ask the Lord Jesus, bless his service, bless his word, bless, our, bless our, our brothers and sisters, bless everyone that is here tonight. God, we ask you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone say amen. Amen. One more time, give God a, just, a, just a hand clap or just an amen or I love you, Jesus. Amen. Turn around to somebody, high five them, and tell them uh, God will let you see what you want to see. And you can be seated tonight. Thank you so much for worshiping. Thank you so much for being a part of this church and being faithful to the, to the Wednesday night services. Now, <clears throat> seeing is believing. I, I did a little research, and I, I come across all kinds of people of different faiths with working with church as a nonprofit organization, but also working in the industry that we are in with our family business, uh, dealing with, with people from all around the nation. And, and I ran into, and I meet with different businessmen, and, and I see where people are from. I run into a lot of people that have different backgrounds. I run into individuals that have different beliefs. And it, it never surprises me when I come across an agnostic or an atheist. And you may be wondering, what is the difference between being agnostic and being atheist? Well, being atheist is, is knowing that, that there is a God but not believing in a God. Being agnostic means you do not know that there is a God or know of a God. There is a difference. But that population consensus actually shows us that there are about right now in America about 450 to 500,000 500, uh, 
believers in the world. There are millions of them, actually. Uh, I think it's 450 million. Uh, this is about 7%. 7% of our world's population. And we're surrounded by people who run into us and we run into. And I, I want to tell you that that number is actually growing. That number is growing because the, the thought of proving everything by theory, intelligence, has so overwhelmed this next generation where media and, and even colleges, professors, are doing things that the parents should have done a long time ago. The good old-fashioned values that we did grow up on are slowly fading away throughout this nation. But I do believe, I do believe that even though there is a growth in the non-believer, I do believe that there are growths and expansion of the kingdom of God and believers in the world. I do believe that Jesus is being preached and there are more opportunities because of problems. And I hate to relate that to problems. And, you know, when you think about the shootings and all the things that have taken place, but I have learned throughout the years with every catastrophic event, it does has its repercussions. You have people that are going to debate why it happened, why it shouldn't have happened, and then you're going to have those that are going to turn to God and ask God to please do something about what happened. And then also, Lord, prevent this from happening again. You have two sides of the spectrum, and there's a wave that our children and our, and our students and our young kids are in the middle of where you're not allowed to talk about God and you're not allowed to speak of your faith. But when it boils down to it, no matter what your belief system is, there's one common factor that I see in all of humanity and all people, and that is they want to see it to believe it. They want to see it. They want to experience it. They want to know it. Where we have the edge in our family is, is that you and I as adults have the opportunity to introduce our children to Jesus Christ right now, to let them see God answer your prayers. I think it's very healthy for a family to go through problems. I think it's very healthy for us not to be a problem, understand that, right? But to deal with problems, not, not turn a blind eye to problems, not to ignore problems, but to look face to face with the problem and give God a chance. I think it's very healthy. The reason why I think it's healthy is because this is where God does something in your life to build your faith. And so did you know that God can actually be working in your life and you not recognize it? When you can literally see God move and, and, and we feel it has to be a lightning or a thunderous event or some kind, of a, some kind of a miracle. But miracles happen every single day. I think it's a miracle that you even made it to church, no pun intended, but I think, I think it's a miracle that we're even here tonight because we really shouldn't be here tonight. Some of you shouldn't be here. We know all, we heard this before, right? I know I shouldn't even be up here like somebody else more qualified than me should be up here, but I'm here. It's a miracle. God's really touched us and protected us and 
kept us and we're, and we're in God's house. No one stopped you. No one, no one restrained you, constrained you. No one, no one. But little things in our life we take for granted. And, and so ultimately, no matter how many unbelievers are people that question God in the world with you and your house and what you can bring to the table in this world as far as theology, belief systems, people should see God working every day. Every day. You're the gospel that somebody will never read. You're the one that is literally going to be looked at because of your faith. People will look at you to see how you respond to your problems. And yes, they may think you're crazy just because when you go through a problem or when you're facing an issue, you give God all the glory and you tell them, and you just simply have the attitude of, thank you, God, for this problem because I know you can turn messes into miracles. I know you can take problems and make me triumphant. I know that you can take problems and make me, God, uh, more preferenced. You can literally use me and make an example out of me. That's why people think you're crazy all the time. When you're smiling, you should be frowning. When you're happy, you should be sad. When you're at peace, you should be going crazy. God is working in your life, and you don't even know it. God is working in your life to give you the, the mind to operate, to function. God is operating in your life and providing ways and needs and meeting things. And, and, and he works so close, so many times. Sometimes it's not what God does. Maybe it's what God keeps us from. Imagine the world void of God. Imagine the world without God. There would be no peace. There would be no acts of kindness. There would never be reconciliation, redemption, forgiveness, nothing. But when God is there, there is harmony. Do you know why you're still together as a family? Because there is a God. Even if you feel like you're all alone or feel like you've been dead, you know what? You're still standing. There is a God. You're still moving forward. There is a God. You still have the ability to make right decisions. How many of you have ever been in a place in your life where you felt like, you know what? I, I just don't know how this is going to work out. I just don't know how it's going to happen. I can't afford to do this, or I can't emotionally make a withdraw anymore towards this present circumstance where I don't know if I can even go through with it. But then you find yourself later today standing in the presence of God, lifting up your hands, and you're not in it anymore. It came to pass. There is a God. Thank you for the five who believe that. There is a God. So the reason why I'm saying all of this is because Philip, Philip literally looked at Jesus and he said, show us proof. Show us the Father and we'll be happy about it. And the whole time, the entire time that Jesus 
and Philip were around each other, Philip saw the hand of God working in the life of Jesus. He saw it. He saw blind eyes open. He saw the lame walk again. He saw deliverance take place, deliverances take place. He saw so many things. He saw, he saw water, excuse me, he saw water turn into wine, and just like you saw my water going out to you. He saw so many things. Have you ever seen God heal somebody? Raise your hand. Or have you ever been healed by God? Raise your hand. Have you ever seen God provide a miracle in your life? Raise your hand. I'm talking about financial miracles. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen God answer a prayer? Raise your hand. Come on. Have you ever known God to answer a prayer in your life? Have you ever known God to come and fight your battle? Raise your hands. Have you ever known God to come around when no one else would come around and give you peace that passes all understanding? Raise your hands. Have you ever known to come into a church service where you felt burdened and you felt heavy and you felt like the weight of the world was on you, but you stepped into God's house, you lifted your hands, you sang the songs, you heard the word, and you, came, you walked out different than what you came in? Raise your hands. There is a God. Turn to somebody and tell them, there is a God. I'm telling you. This was not in my notes, but I felt to talk about it tonight. There is a God, and that God has proven himself to you and me time and time again. And the question I have to pose to you, what else does he have to do? He already gave his life for you and I. He already put on the crown of thorns for you and I. He already took lashes on his back for you and I. He was nailed to a cross for you and I. He rose again, came out of the grave after three days for you and I. He rose again. He ascended up into heaven. What else does he have to do to prove himself? It's all there. It's all there. But still people want to see it to believe it. Now, a physical manifestation of all of this, it happens every single moment you feel his presence. Every moment you feel his presence, it's a testimony that he did what he said he did, and he will do what he said he's going to do. Every time you feel the presence of the invisible majestic, wonderful, wise, almighty God. That's not the air conditioning, and it's not some kind of gizmo gadget that we've got going off and on to make you feel, you know, static electricity all around you. It's not anything crazy. That is the presence of God every time your faith is focused on him, and you feel those goosebumps around you, or you feel your spirit become alive, that's the presence of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you have those tormenting thoughts, and you don't know what to do with it, but you come in his presence and give him some praise, and God removes it from you, there's your God right there. Open your eyes. Take a look. What we have to learn to do, number one, is we have to learn to see by faith. Number one, point number one, we have to learn to see by faith. It's a learned habit. It is a learned habit. Well, learning to see by faith. 
My daddy, my da- I don't know how your daddy taught you or your mama taught you how to swim, but I remember when the, the day my daddy taught me how to swim. You know, I don't know what it is about Latinos, <laughs> but we're hard teachers sometimes, you know? So I remember the day I was so scared of the water, and I remember my dad, come on, let me take you in. We're going to learn how to swim. I thought, well, I'm going to put his, my hands in his hands, and he's going to just kind of, <laughs> right? right? That would have been nice, right? Yeah. No, but my dad did this. My dad took me, picked me up, threw me in the water, and said, swim. <laughs> threw me in the water in the middle of the pool. I remember the pool. It was at the Best Western right there across the street from Fulton Pier. Not Fulton, from the Port Lavaca Pier. When it used to be there, there used to be a little restaurant right next to that Best Western. How many of you remember that in Port Lavaca, that old Port Lavaca Pier? Some of you don't even know what we're talking about. Do you remember that? That's where I learned how to swim. And they threw me right in the middle. And he said, come on, swim, swim. And when I couldn't make it, then they'd get me to the edge. I remember all I saw was water. Then I remember the trick was keep your eye on the side. Keep your eye on the ledge. And once you make it there, once you focus on that, somehow the body begins to survive, goes into survival mode, and you end up there because you're going towards it. But when you look at the water, you're not doing anything but just reacting for the moment, not moving forward. So I learned the secret when I was little was to look at your destination. Look at your destination. Now, for most of us, it's hard because when you have to look past all the noise, you have to look past all the noise in your life in order to get to your objective, your your destination, or your promise, or what you know to be the will of God for your life. And how you accomplish that, excuse me, I'm going to get this ear piece done soon. And how you accomplish that is you have to be disciplined and train yourself to block out all the static, all the voices, all of the internal feelings. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, will help you drown out the voices through your passion in your heart. The Word of God will help drown out the voices through your mind but it still requires you not giving any attention to all the haters in your life, all the distractions in your life, all the drama that's there. You are going to have to be strong enough to be focused enough to look at the author and the finisher of your faith, that is Jesus Christ, and keep your eyes on him. It's a discipline. My older brother used to tell me, my older brother used to tell me, he said, Bobby, he said, if you can look at that pencil, so you, he said, if you can imagine it to move, it will move. He said, you can move a pencil. You can move an object with your mind. And I said, okay. And I said, he said, look at it. He said, watch. Okay. So he started looking at it. He looked at it real hard. And I'm looking, we're, wait, we're there for a long time. He's looking at it. And I said, man, I hit it. I said, man, it won't move. He said, there it is. See? <laughs> it moved. Took a while, but it moved. I don't care how God does it. 
He doesn't have to use me. In fact, he's going to do it in such a way where he, he knows he has to get all the credit when I want God to move something out of my life, away from my family or a mountain that's in my way. God will use us, but he's going to make sure he gets all the credit for it. He is going to make sure because he wants you to know that he is your God and he loves you and he cares about you. But if you're constantly, listen, it's about your faith. You have to have faith. God has given every person the measure of faith. The question is, how are you using your faith? Your faith was, be, was meant to put faith in God. Do you feel like right now, let me ask you this question tonight. I love interacting with you all, but it's, it's, a, good, it's a good way to help us learn. How many of you believe in your job right now that you are in the will of God? Raise your hand. If you believe you're in the will of God right now and there is going to be opportunity for you whether to, don't think I'm crazy, but whether to get a raise, get a promotion, or own the business. That part, the third one was, well, I'm asking you not to think I'm crazy. But I've seen it happen so many times. And it all depends on the person's faith, how you move up the ladder, how you educate yourself, how you prepare yourself. What are you looking at? If you're looking just to have a decent job and keep that same position until your time of retirement, if that's the kind of faith you have, then that's wonderful. Did I say something wrong? It's funny. Well, you know, if you're, the kind of, if, you, if you're the kind of person that, okay, and there's nothing wrong with it, but if you just want a job, pay your dues, wait till retirement, get your 401, and that's it, then listen, if that's the kind of faith you have, that's wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. But in order to keep that job, you're going to have to stay away from all the drama, all the people that cause drama. You can be friendly, but you can't be best friends. And then, and then you're going to have to be disciplined and you have to believe that God's going to provide you with the strength and the health. <laughs> and, and, and that requires being focused. But if you believe that you are meant to do more and go to another level on that job, or maybe God has another one for you, then you're going to have to believe for greater things. And by faith, keep your eyes on what you believe the will of God is. And you're going to have to study, better yourself, do something and make it happen and not just sit there and not do anything do, and, and do wishful thinking. But completely believing, completely believing that you are in the will of God. And I believe that I am in God's will. And I believe that God has more for me. That God's going to do more for me. And I also believe that I'm not there by accident, but I am there representing God. And God's going to prove his favor in my life. And God's going to prove his protection in my life. And God's going to prove his wisdom in my life. And God will do something great. This, what I just described to you, was the life of Joseph. I just described the life of Joseph. Joseph was given a dream, and he had all these distractions. 
He was accused. He was accused by Potiphar's wife. He was thrown into prison. He had to look past the bars, look past the prisoners, look past the warden, look past his present surroundings, and keep an eye on his God who told him, one day you're going to be a great leader. One day your sheaves are going to outweigh everyone else's, and everyone's going to bow down and give you obeisance, and they're going to admire you, acknowledge you, and here he was in prison. But how do you go from where you're at, and how do you see God in those problems? It requires a lot of faith, folks. It requires a lot of faith. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that you have to learn to see by faith, like we talked about this past Sunday. You remember the drawing I put up there? You look at a problem, but, you trans- but God translated it. He translates that into victory. He translates whatever you see into a moment that will define him and define you. While you are doing what you're doing, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you have to be able to look and see with the eyes of God and know that this present circumstance is not going to take my dream or my purpose or my real calling from me in my life. This is not where I'm going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to be someplace else. God's going to promote me. God's going to bless me. God's going to help me because you have it in your mind and you know where you're meant to be. You learn to look past problems. You learn to look at a problem and say, I wonder what God's going to do now. I heard a story years ago about a preacher, about a preacher who was praying. He went on a, his, his church, and they went on a, like, a, like a month of prayer and fasting uh, for, for, for revival. And they were just praying, and they were seeking God, and they were just seeking the face of God. They met every morning. They, they met it in, in the evening, and they're just praying and praying and praying. And finally, the last week of all of this, this, uh, this marathon of prayer and fasting, that somebody broke into the church. Someone broke into the church. When they broke into the church, they, they went inside and they, they spray-painted the walls. They put uh, Satan on the walls. They put all kinds of profanity on the walls. They, they kicked down the doors. They made holes in the wall. They just they, they did all of that. And, and, and then someone asked the pastor, well, what do you think about that? He turned around and looked at whoever asked it, and he said, well, I think it looks like revival to me. Looks like God's fixing to do something great is what it looked like to me. Looks like God's fixing to prove himself, in other words, and do something with this circumstance. I'm telling you, when Hurricane Harvey came through and he took everything away and he, he messed up people's lives, there were one or two kinds of people in Victoria those that saw all of this and knew that God would turn it around for their good and others that complained and were hot were heavy and upset and mad at God. But the ones that came out and said, I believe God can do it. They're still standing. They're prosperous right now. God has blessed them. I've seen it. I've seen it. God has blessed them. But it takes seeing by faith. You have to look at a problem. Don't ever get discouraged when you're dealing with the problem. Don't ever feel like, for you and your family, don't ever feel like because there's a problem going on that this is the end 
or what are we doing wrong, or even keep your, give your attention to it, that's when you are able to train yourself. Look at problems or challenges and learn how to, right there in that moment, that's a free education that you cannot buy in any university. You couldn't pay for a problem. You can't. I always look at a problem and I go, well, this is it. My faith is going to grow here. There are some people that God sent into my life that were in education. Same thing for you. There are certain people that God allowed to come into your life because they were going to make a Christian out of you. You know how God made a Christian out of you or is going to make a Christian out of you? If you stop listening to, I'm just going to say, if you stop listening to all the gossip, I'm going to go further. You ready now? I'm in pastor mode right now. You ready? Stop looking at their feed on their Facebook page. I hate that. I hate that. Oh, do you see what they put on Facebook? They were talking about something. They didn't say any names, but I know they were talking about me. <laughs> Facebook is wonderful for marketing, but it is terrible for friendships. First of all, it makes everybody believe they've got a lot of friends that they don't. Okay, I'm going to get off of that, Lord. I will say this, though. And I've done it, and I don't care if you judge me or not. But it is a privilege and a right. That's why Mark Zuckerberg put it there. If you don't like it, just block them. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look like a mean person. Look bad. Hold on a second. Sometimes you have to block out the noise in order to stop the confusion. It's not that you hate somebody, but sometimes you have to be the bigger person and choose. I'm not going to be dragged around by my emotions anymore. I'm going to make up my mind. I have to move on. I have to do good things. I have to be, I choose who I want in my life. And so sometimes you have to, are you ready for this? Write this down. Sometimes you have to choose who you're going to lose. That's what most people don't want to do. It's called pure pressure. It's called wanting to be liked by everybody. I'm sorry, this may sound harsh, but sometimes you have to choose who you're going to lose. If you don't believe in that concept, please tonight, please tonight, go read the book of Jonah. Jonah was a good guy, but he was in the boat, and they had to choose. They were going to lose him, and when they did, things became more peaceful in their life. Peace. It's making sense to anybody. See, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, there's not angels. I mean, I, there may be angels. I don't know. I don't feel anything right now, but I do know that I'm flowing the gifts right now. I feel the word of knowledge flowing through me, saying things that are relatable to you. That's why I'm not trying to follow my notes. I'm trying to obey the Holy Ghost because sometimes God gives you wisdom, understanding, and some of you have been tormented because you're looking at your problems, looking at haters, looking at circumstances, and it's robbing you of your faith. 
It's robbing you of your faith. And no, I have not been on your Facebook page. And no, I have not talked to anybody else. I can care less about that. What I do care about is what God's trying to tell you. It's saying this, keep your eyes on me is what God's saying. Keep your eyes on him. He's the only one that matters. He's the only one who loves you enough that he died for you. He's the only one that's going to give you the right information, the right direction, the right mind so you can stay on track. Seeing is believing, but you have to learn to discipline yourself to what you're keeping your eyes on. Number two, then once you have seen and once you have begun, oh, not, not number two yet. Hold on. Don't throw that up there yet. Let me read you this. Let me read you this. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We know the scripture, right? Now, faith is the substance. Everyone say substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, hoped for, the evidence, the evidence of things not seen. You can literally experience the end of your faith before you have it in your hands. By faith, by faith, I do not believe in a prosperity gospel. I believe in a provisionary gospel. And based on the vision that God has given me will be equivalent to the provision that God brings to me. God, boy, that was good stuff. I don't know if you caught that or not. I'm going to say it again because it's that good. I knew what I was saying. I knew what God was trying to I believe in having vision, but my vision is only based on what I feel God is telling me and God, given, God has given me permission for in my life. So I have the vision God's given me. I know exactly what he's told me he wants to do in my life, where he's taking me uh, and my family, this church, whatever. I know the will of God. I've spent enough time to find out what the will of God was for my life. I took more time finding out the will of God than I did trying to do the will of God on my own. Didn't put the cart before the horse. Remember, Jesus spent 30 years to prepare for three years of ministry. So I, I learned that a long time ago. Spend enough time to find out the will of God and stop going from place to place and being like a shotgun pellet thrown around everywhere. You need a rifle mentality. Put all that power behind one little object so you can go further and hit the mark. So I know what the vision is. So since I know what the vision is, I step up by faith and I keep Jesus first and I walk towards it. Now, because I am acting by faith, walking towards it, I am seeing the end result in my mind. I see every vision God's given me. When I see a problem, I look over the problem. When I hear a voice, I just blot out the voice. When I hear issues or I feel a certain way, I drown out those voices by remembering the promise and remembering all things. And so when I'm walking forward according to the need at that moment, my God will provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He gives me provision. He makes sure I'm provided for. That's how God blessed me with the business. That's why I've got connections in the business world in different areas of ministry and so forth, not because I'm somebody, but because God, I, God put me in a place he chose me. He called me. I did not call myself. 
He called me. I said yes, but yet still, it's his will in my life that's being done, not mine. But according to the position and the destination, now he's bringing provision. That provision can be relationships. That provision can be money. That provision can be materials. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever it takes to get the job done effectively, God will provide because I'm in the will of God. Provision. So I have hope. I have evidence that it's there. That's why most of you, this is why you are happy when everyone else thinks you should be upset, offended, and mad because you know the end result. You know where you're going. Case in point, you may feel like you're going through hell, but if you know you're going to heaven when you die, there ought to be a smile on your face and nothing should bring you down. Nothing. I believe in heaven. How many of you believe in heaven? I believe in heaven. Oh, I've had loved ones that were near to me in the past, but I knew they were in heaven. My mother, I know she's in heaven. My brother, I know he's in heaven. I, I, I just know the, what you know, what you know, what you know, that you know. There's something bigger for us. But listen, I've got to tell you, point number two, and the last point is this. Once you learn to see by faith, and once you learn to be focused by faith, you have to learn to walk by faith. Walk by by faith. It's one thing to see it, but it's another thing to walk it. So let me take this scripture, Matthew 14, 25 and 33. It says this through 33. And in the fourth night, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. They were terrified that him was Jesus. They were terrified, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear, but immediately he spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Have no fear. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come on the water. Bid me to come, Lord. I, I want to be where you're at. If it's really you, God, then I should be able to do what you're doing. Or in our case, I should be where you're at. Because God never asks you to go someplace that he would, never go with, he would never go himself. When God, when you're in the will of God, God is with you. And whatever terrain or whatever traveling you have to do, whatever the journey has brought to you, to you or whatever is facing, whatever you're having to face, do you think for one moment that God asked you to go down that road and expected you to walk it alone? No, God never did. And if you feel like you've gotten off the road, can I say something to you tonight? The cross allows U-turns to get back on track. Repentance, a simple heartfelt, I'm sorry, God, here I am. And so he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And so Peter walked out of the boat, walked on the water, came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And then he began to sink. 
And that's what I was referring to. You hear things. You feel things. And in your faith, you feel like you begin to sink. But you know you're walking in the will of God. You know you're doing what you're supposed to do. The only way I would ever step out and do anything for God is to know that, number one, God called me and I got the invitation. He called me in there. I won't do anything I feel like God's not in. I won't do it. Because I've learned a long time ago, and you've heard me say before many times, outside the will of God, there is no success. Inside the will of God, there is no failure. But I know he's there, and that's the one thing Peter did. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Or, Lord, I'm not going to step out there. See, if he knew it was Jesus, and he just stepped out, I think he would have sunk right away. But he asked the Lord, I need an invitation. I need permission. Every man of God, every woman of God, any person I've ever, ever seen do something tremendous and great for God and succeed in their life, always walked with an attitude of permission. Always. They always look for God in it first. They always do. Is God in this? Can I tell you the attributes of knowing that God is in it? If you're supposed to link up with somebody, look and see if they have, what are their motives? Where is their heart? What are their values? What's their purpose? Do you feel a peace about that? Is it line, is it line up with the destiny God's called you to do and he's asked you to be on? What Peter's was to be more like Jesus. He was a disciple. So G Peter wasn't out of alignment. He simply asked to be like Jesus because he was a disciple and, and what a disciple means it means to be a follower and a worshiper of Jesus Christ and so we asked him and so when the Lord asked him to step out he stepped out on that invitation and he never sunk until he looked at everything else around him learning how to walk by faith means that you are walking with Jesus if you're walking with Jesus and you fail or whatever it may be, here's, here's the benefits. So he began to cry out, Lord, save me, when he began to sink. Jesus immediately, immediately, someone say right away, right away, reached out to his hand, caught him, reached out. Notice he reached out to Jesus before Jesus reached out to him. He reached out to Jesus and Jesus reached out to him, saying to him, Oh, man of little faith, how did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And when he got him to the boat, the wind ceased. And those that were, those that were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Here's the point I'm going to give you tonight. Remember this, and I conclude with this one thought. Here it is. Exercise your faith, but walk with Jesus. Exercise your faith and learn to see what God sees. Learn to envision what God's envisioned for you. But how you get there is you walk with Jesus. How do you walk with Jesus? By living a life of relationship with him, holding on to his hand, asking him to, just walking with him, walking with Jesus. Peter wasn't out there walking on his own. He was walking with Jesus. He was walking with Jesus. He wanted to walk with him. 
that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Seeing is believing. But you can see it way before in your spirit, way before you have it with your natural eye. You have to learn to see it in your spirit. And you have to learn to feel it in your spirit. You have to learn to obtain it in your spirit. You have to almost be embodied with it, with the evidence and knowing this is the will of God. That's why praise will do you a whole lot more good than pouting. That's too hard. Praise will do you so much more good than complaining. Because what praise does, it literally acknowledges God in your life to show God his place. God inhabits the praises of his people. That means that God will embody that moment by your faith and praise is so much powerful. I spend more time praising God than I do praying to God. I found that out a long time ago because praise is powerful. Praise praise is another level of prayer. Praise is telling the end result before it happens and you tell God who he is and you brag on God a little bit and you tell him he's worthy and you tell him he created all things and and, and he's the God of your life. Does anybody know how to praise God in this place? Come on, somebody. Does anybody know how to praise God in this place? Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I hope tonight helped you. I didn't bring the TV out, but hey, you got one at home, right? You can watch it later. How many of you, how many of you got help tonight? How many, did I break it down enough for you? I hope I did. What are we going to do when we feel like things are coming at us and distracting us? We're going to ignore it, aren't we? And we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. What are we going to do when, when we're going to double check to see if we're the will of God? We're going to make sure that whatever we're doing doesn't take us away from God. That's how you can determine what the will of God is in your life. Whatever you're doing, if it takes you away from God, you're probably not following the will of God. Whatever you're doing should always, always be saturated with the relationship with Jesus. And when you walk with Jesus, you're never going to fail. You're never going to fully sink. Let me rephrase that. When you're walking with Jesus, if you fail, he'll pick you back up. When you're walking with Jesus, you may sink, but he won't let you drown. When you're walking with Jesus, you'll make a mistake but it'll turn it into a miracle. Learn to exercise your faith, but learn how to walk with Jesus. Nothing's going to stop you from fulfilling the will of God in your life. You're unstoppable when God's on your side. I'm speaking to overcomers tonight. If you believe that, just lift up your hearts with your hands. Lift up your hearts and just tell them, Lord, I'm following you. God, I'm following you. God, I'm, I'm following you. Lord, I, I don't want to follow anybody else. I'm following you. I'm going to do what you said to do. I'm going to do exactly what you've asked me to do. I'm going to do everything, God, with a good heart, with a willing heart, with a surrendered mind, with the right spirit. I'm not going to follow and go any place, dear God, without your permission. I'm going to follow and be sensitive to your leading. I know, dear God, that you are able to do all things. There's nothing impossible for you to do. Nothing impossible. Nothing too hard for you to do. I bless you tonight, God. If you're in this building tonight, if you're here tonight, 
and you have been walking and you feel like you have so many things that have been coming up against you. If you're here tonight and you've been walking, trying to do the right thing, trying to follow God, but you feel like I've had so many things come against me that I, I just, I'm just drowned out by the voices. I want you to come up here tonight. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God will take all the noise out. I'm going to pray that God would fortify your spirit. God would touch your heart. If that's you tonight, come on. Come on. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray God's protection on you. God's, God's, God's thoughts. God's thoughts. God's thoughts. Holy Ghost, thank you, Father. Now, now, touch. Touch, dear Lord. Touch, dear Lord. Touch, dear Lord. Touch, dear God. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead your blood. I thank you, dear God, for your hand of protection. I thank you, dear Lord, for what you're doing in this couple's life. I know that nothing's too hard for you to do. Nothing. why I feel like God's allowed me to speak this tonight is because too many times people feel a purpose in their life and then they go and they're great coming out of the gate like a racehorse. There's a lot of people that are wonderful coming out of the gate but they're not very good at finishing the race. And the reason is, is because they get discouraged. They, they make big commitments that they're unable to keep that God was never in. I'm going to say that again. You are better off not making any promises to God and just focusing on living day after day after day after day. 
I have this philosophy. I always believe in under-promising and over-delivering. But keep it simple. Keep your eyes on Jesus and learn to walk with Jesus. If you need direction for your life, stay still long enough so he can direct you. It is never too late. Moses was 80 years old. God chose him to lead all of Israel out. And he did more in the latter part of his life than he did prior to that because Moses was in a position to listen. All God wants is our attention. All God wants, and things will become easier for you. Lots of times financial problems are there because we've become unaware of the things that come against us that rob us of our joy. If you need a financial blessing, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand if you need a financial blessing right now. We pray for the windows to be open, but we don't ever acknowledge the devourer that comes in like the locusts and the canker worms. And the, God said in Malachi 3 and 10, if we would pay our tithes and we'll be faithful, he would open the windows. But he also said he would rebuke the devourer for, our, for his name's sake. We're going to speak against the devourer tonight. We're going to speak against the devourer. This is part of what I'm talking about. Because some of you feel that God's going to bless you financially, but every time you hear the noise and a debt comes up, a bill comes up, or something happens, it knocks your finances, you get so discouraged and, use your, and you lose your faith in God's provision. That's not the will of God. You have to learn. You prayed in the windows to be open. Now speak against the devourer to stay away from your life. You understand what I'm talking about? Here it is. Are you ready? Receive this right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against every devourer. I come against every locust, everything, Father, that devours the finances of this church, every church family, every individual, every person, every individual, God, that faces financial difficulty, those that, Lord, aren't even able to save. We pray right now that, Lord, you plug up every, every hole in their buckets that Lord that you block out every entrance to their barns Lord right now in the name of Jesus prosper them according to the vision and provision that you've given us God in the name of Jesus now in the name of Jesus now oh I feel it I feel it some of you are catching it right now I feel it it's in the house I want you to say with your mouth to every, just say this word with me. Say, go. Say it, say with authority, go. In Jesus' name. Go. In Jesus' name. Now say, I receive, Lord. Now lift up your hands and worship him, Father, now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's in the house. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. God's not playing games. You're going to miss it if you don't surrender to it. It's in the house now. 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 It's in the house. It's in the house. Let me see your hand. Open your hand. Open your hand. Open your hand. Open your hand now. Now, Father. 
Bless him now, Lord. Bless him now, Lord. Bless him now, Lord. Bless him now, Lord. Bless him now. Bless him now, God. Bless him now. Now, 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 <laughs> still flowing, it's still flowing. Ah, let, let me tell you something. I believe in a provisionary gospel for prosperity is a state in the spirit. Prosperity is a state in the spirit. And you have to walk in that. You have to walk and believe and you have to read Calibrate your thinking. Recalibrate your thinking. You are favored by God. You have the favor of God in your life. You are covered by the blood. You're in the will of God. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. If you're going to give to God, Make sure you prepare some harvest fields for him to bless. If you're going to up your giving, then you challenge God by preparing a field of harvest. Whether that is starting another business, whether that is focusing on being promoted, whether that is bettering yourself on your job, well, I don't care what it is, believe God. Be expectant because God said so. He doesn't owe us anything. But if you're going to walk after God, learn to walk by faith. Learn to walk by faith. You can't afford a savings account? That's all right. Go open one up anyways and start putting something in there for your children. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.